Hey, this is Chris, and welcome to Popcorn Finance News, where I search the internet for the numbers that catch my eye and the personal finance news that I think you'll want to hear and break it all down in about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. Today is Leap Day, February 29th, 2024, and let's jump into today's number. Today's number is 95. 95% of all the money created by the Bureau of Engraving and Printing in Washington, D.C. is just to replace old and damaged money, which is a wild fact. I had no idea that was the case. Uh, and I learned this because last week I spent about 11 days on the East Coast traveling between Boston, New York, and Washington, D.C. And while I was out in Washington, D.C., I took a tour of the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, and I learned some pretty interesting facts about the way our paper money is produced. So I just want you all to be ready for the next few weeks to be full of money facts that I learned on this tour. Uh, but the Bureau of Engraving and Printing, they have two facilities that they use to print all of our money that we use here in the U.S. There's one in Washington, D.C., which is one I visited. And then there's one located in Fort Worth, Texas. And between these two facilities, they split up the printing of all of the currency here in the U.S. Combined last year, these two locations printed 5.7 billion bills, not $5.7 billion, but 5.7 billion individual bills. And that's across all denominations. First of all, I had no idea that one, that they were making this much new money every year. And two, that billions of bills are getting replaced every single year. That's just a ridiculous amount. And so even with that much money being printed, billions of dollars, they didn't even offer to let me take any of it home. Today's article comes from Men's Health Magazine, and it's titled A Guide to the Ridiculous New World of Tipping. And it was written by me. This was uh, my article that I wrote. Uh, it opens like this. The touchscreen cash register may be the most diabolical invention of all time. The option to tip is now everywhere. And 72% of U.S. adults say tipping is expected in more places now than it was five years ago. And this is according to a recent Pew survey. Deciding where, how much, and how often to give extra, especially on a latte you just paid seven bucks for, has led to tipping fatigue. So first of all, if you didn't know, I've been writing a personal finance column for Men's Health Magazine for the past roughly eight months now. Uh, this is my fifth published article with them, and it's been a lot of fun working on this project, right? This is something written, and usually most of my work is done in the audio or video format, so it's been really cool to see something that I've worked on in an actual physical magazine. Uh, and I have a link to this article in the show notes, as I always do. But you can also find this article in newsstands in the January slash February issue of Men's Health Magazine if you want to check it out. I wrote this article at a point in time when just there were just a ton of conversations around tipping going on. Like it was all over social media. It was all over the news. Uh, I even have a bunch of conversations with friends about tipping. But things seem to have died down a little bit, at least online. You know, I don't see as many conversations now. And maybe it's headlines about Wendy's plan to put Uber surge pricing on your chicken nuggets that have pulled focus away from tipping. But studies like the one that I referenced in this article from Pew Research do show that people are feeling the pressure of more frequent tipping. So on top of that, 72% of people who feel tips are being asked for more often, only 34% of people surveyed said that it was easy to know when they should even be tipping. And this may be why tipping overall is on the decline. According to a 2023 bank rate survey, only 65% of diners at sit-down restaurants always tip, which is down from 77% in 2019. And the reason that we may be seeing declines like this uh, could be that one, 
you know, well, like I mentioned, prices are rising, right? As food gets more expensive, people find it a little bit harder to pull that extra five bucks or 10 bucks or 20 bucks, whatever it may be to leave a tip. Um, Also, people are pulling back on their increased pandemic tipping. Uh, I know for myself and a lot of other people during the pandemic, uh, we all kind of lifted our tipping up, right? Because we saw a lot of restaurants close. We saw a lot of service workers struggling. And we were like, hey, I just want to do whatever I can to make sure these people still have a job, that this restaurant stays open because we saw, you know, places close left and right. Uh, And then the last thing is just an overall feeling of fatigue, right? People are feeling like it's just too much. I'm being asked for too much money too often to too many different scenarios. And it's starting to wear some people down. Now, I want to be clear. I am in full support of tipping, right? Because in many places across the country, these workers rely on our tips just to get by. Right now, the federal minimum wage is $7.25, which is not amazing, right? That's not a, a lot of money by any means. But the federal minimum wage for tipped employees is even lower. It's at $2.13. Back in episode 408, I talked about how minimum wage is kind of complicated here in the U.S. because although there is a federal minimum wage, each state can choose to set a higher one if they want to. Even cities can choose to set a higher minimum wage if they want to. And it works the same way for the tipped minimum wage. So I live in California. And California is one of only seven states that require tipped employees to receive the full minimum wage, regardless of how much they earn in tips. So that means for employees here in my state, uh, they have to be paid $16 an hour, plus they get to keep their tips on top of that. Uh, And this is the case for six other states. So Alaska, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Now, there are 15 states that follow the federal minimum wage of $2.13. For tipped employees. Those states would be Alabama, Georgia, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Nebraska, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Wyoming. That was a lot of states. The other ones I didn't mention, they fall somewhere in the middle. Like they're higher than the federal minimum wage, but they're not quite guaranteeing the full state minimum wage. Now, how all of this stuff is calculated, especially for those 15 states I mentioned who require just the federal minimum wage, it's kind of complicated to calculate it, but it kind of works like this. If you're a tipped employee, your tips per hour plus the federal minimum wage of $2.13, together that must equal at least $7.50 or your employer will have to make up the difference. So in an attempt to try to make this easy, I I hate doing math on a podcast for you all, but I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible with this very fake scenario. But I thought this was the best way to illustrate it for you. I want you to imagine that uh, you're working as a server and let's say it's a super slow day and you're only coming in to work one hour. In that one hour, you only got one customer and that one customer left you a tip for $3.37 on a sandwich that they bought for lunch. Now, you take that amount, you add in the federal minimum wage of $2.13 an hour, and you've made a grand total of $5.50. This is $2 short of the federal minimum wage, like the full federal minimum wage. So your employer has to come up with another $2 to make sure you get up to that federal minimum wage. So that's what the complication comes in, right? Like even though tip minimum wage is $2.13, if you take that plus tips, it still has to bring you up to the full federal minimum wage. Uh, And if not, your employer covers the difference. But if this person had left you an extra $2 in tips, or say you got another customer in and they gave you another $2 in tips, then in total, you would have reached $7.50 for that hour. And now your job would only be left requiring to pay you $2.13. 
because the tips made up the difference. Now, compare this to a state like Montana, which is one of those seven states that I mentioned that are required to pay full minimum wage to their tipped staff. In the same scenario, working a one hour shift, you got that same extra $2 in tips. So a total of you know $5.37 in tips. The way this will work out for you is that you would get Minnesota's full minimum wage of $10.30 per hour. And then you get to keep that five bucks and change in tip on top of that. So you would end up making over $15 an hour in this scenario. And the only difference is you just live in a different state. But this is a huge difference in the way that pay works for tipped employees. So you may be saying to yourself, why do we even have a horrible system like this? Like who who invented this? Why would we be doing this? Uh, I, I dug into some of the history of this and the practice of tipping is surprisingly believed to be a European tradition that made its way to the U.S. in the 1800s. Now, there's not a lot of agreement on exactly how I got over here, but that's like the general consensus that is believed right now. Uh, And it actually wasn't really popular here in the U.S. at all. And it faced some backlash from a lot of people. People did not like this idea of tipping. It felt like bribery. Like, I'm going to pay you more to get better service than the next person. But what ultimately caused tipping to ingrain itself into U.S. culture was the large number of recently freed slaves after the Civil War. So many businesses used tipping as a way to justify not paying black staff better wages. They just made them rely on getting tips from the people who came into their their restaurants. And this really added another very sad layer to the history of tipping that I didn't learn until recently. Really, it was doing the research for this article where I came across this this piece of information. So there's not really a great way (laughs) to transition Uh, out of that fact, out of that piece of information. But if you want to check out the rest of my article, I have some other tips in there that I collected on how much you should be tipping, uh, when you should be tipping, and just some general rules and guidelines. Uh, You can go to the show notes and I'll have a link in there for you to uh, go check out the article, give it a read. So that is it for Popcorn Finance News this week. If you have an article or a number that you want me to cover in a future episode, please feel free to send me an email, questions at popcornfinance.com, or you can send me a DM on Instagram or TikTok. Just look for Popcorn Finance and you'll find me over there. As always, I appreciate you joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon. Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.